back to another episode of Touch Points. This is the fourth episode in a seven-episode series titled Right Answers for Wrong Ideas. The aim of this series is to provide biblical direction and wisdom for where to go and how to answer those who disagree with the truth of God's Word. In today's episode, we will focus on the biblical response to the worldview of Mormonism, which we will be sure to encounter in our gospel conversations in the places and circumstances that God has put us as his ambassadors. Let's start today with a brief history of Mormonism so that you can be equipped on what Mormons believe and where Mormon theology comes from. Mormonism began with Joseph Smith back in the early 19th century in New York, uh, the United States of America. At the age of 14, Joseph received his first revelation from God and Jesus, stating that he would be given further revelation on the true Christian church that had been corrupted throughout the centuries. Four years later, uh, an angel named Morani appeared to Joseph and showed him hidden golden plates uh, buried in the dirt containing inspired writings about the ancient civilization of Hebrews that lived in North America, uh, to which Jesus later appeared after his resurrection, and this group was referred to as the Nephites. Uh, the content of the golden plates was then recorded by Joseph Smith to be passed on and is now referred to as the Book of Mormon, which was first published in 1830. Joseph Smith gained followers of his teaching rather rapidly, but faced opposition due to the controversial nature of many of the values that he advocated. The church formed by Joseph Smith, which adopted the name of Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, continued to grow after Joseph Smith's death under the man Brigham Young who led the majority of Mormons during the 19th century to modern-day Utah. Since then, Mormonism has evolved with the times, uh, staying very loyal to the original beliefs, but evolved in its presentation and in some other aspects of its existence, um, especially in its controversial sociological beliefs, and has become more mainstream in presentation. Uh, Today, there are over 14 million Mormons, with over half residing in the U.S., And so Mormonism uh, can be lumped into the category similar to that of Jehovah's Witnesses as a new religious movement seeking to correct the course of mainstream Christianity and produce a value system they view as the one that truly reflects the church of Jesus. And Mormon theology, uh, which we're going to have to address in our conversations, uh, can be directly observed concisely from the 13 Articles of Faith written by Joseph Smith. And these articles are helpful for identifying the foundational doctrines of Mormonism, but do not contain all the major differences between Mormonism and Orthodox Christianity. My suggestion suggestion is to use the statements made in the 13 Articles of Faith to espouse and emphasize the differences between Mormon theology and biblical theology. So we will take a look at a couple of the articles that form the most basic uh, contradictions between Orthodox Christianity and Mormonism. Uh, The first one we're going to look at is Article 3, which says, We believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Another critical one to highlight is Article 4, which says, We believe that the first principles and ordinances of the gospel are, first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, second, repentance, third, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins, Fourth, laying on the hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Article 8 says, We believe the Bible to be the Word of God, as far as it is translated correctly, a very key point. 
We also believe that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. Another very critical component of Mormon theology that isn't included in the Articles of Faith, but was espoused by Joseph Smith, is the view of God in a polytheistic and unorthodox Trinitarian terms. Mormonism believes that God is one of many gods in the universe, that God once existed as a man on another planet who lived righteously according to his God's standards and became a God himself. Jesus is not co-equal or co-eternal, but the actual offspring of God along with Lucifer. The Holy Spirit is not a member of the Godhead, and a Mormon can become God just like God has. That through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel and celestial marriage, a Mormon man and his wife can attain celestial status and become the rulers of their own planet or celestial system, which they will reproduce just like God has. So with the Mormon theology and history explained and overviewed, uh, what areas of doctrine should we focus on in addressing in our gospel conversations? I believe the first place that we should go in a discussion with Mormonism, if possible, is to highlight the distinction between the Mormon view of God and the biblical presentation of God. Since a basic knowledge and belief in the foundational truth about God is essential for understanding salvation, it makes sense to go here. So the key to to establishing the real differences between the Mormon view of God and the biblical presentation of God is asking based, thought-provoking questions and explaining the innumerable passages on God's existence and the nature of him that contradicts the theology of Mormonism. One of my favorite places to go in the conversations that I've had with Mormons over the years uh, that, that highlights very clearly and explicitly the nature of God is this nice, broad section in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40 through Isaiah chapter 46. And contained within these chapters of Isaiah is the inspired account of God essentially arguing for himself against the fake gods of Israel. Israel turned aside to idolatry of worshiping other gods beside Yahweh. And here God reveals himself as the one true God and the other gods of Israel as phonies and fake and superficial. And in this, these several chapters are statements of his eternality, singularity, exclusivity, divinity, and oneness, which saturate these chapters, which makes them an excellent source to base your conversations in with Mormons on proper theology. And in this section of chapters, you can find great verses that explicitly explain the biblical presentation of God in contradiction with the Mormon view of God. Passages like Isaiah 43, 10 through 13, which says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you, so you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And I am God, even from eternity, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? We're thinking about Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, which says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last. There is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order from the time that I established the ancient nation. 
and let him declare to them the things that are coming and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? You are my, my witnesses. Is there any gods besides me? Or is there any other rock? I know of none. Going into these passages along with others and asking questions along the way are a powerful way to build points in your gospel conversation to focus on. Another important place uh, that you should be quick to turn to is John 4.24. Mormons believe that God has a physical body uh, with which by some process that they themselves do not believe God has revealed, he somehow physically produced Christ in the Virgin Mary. Uh, which to this day Mormons don't take a dogmatic position on or a process on, uh, but do believe that that is the way that Christ was born into physical flesh. Jesus cannot be any clearer in John 4, 24, which says that God is spirit and those who worship him must be in spirit and in truth. God is immaterial, yet Mormons base their theology that God has a physical body. So that's a really important passage to turn to. And there's others like that as well. And so also much like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons have an erroneous view of Jesus that needs to be addressed in our conversations. The Church of Latter-day Saints does not view Jesus through Trinitarian lens, but from a viewpoint that Jesus was the literal offspring of God, along with Satan, who they say is the brother of Jesus. So Jesus does not have equality with God or the same essence of God, but instead reflects God as his physically begotten son. So Jesus is an eternal. Jesus had an actual birth in heaven in some theological sense. And so to address these key points of difference, I rely on turning to and explaining passages like Colossians 1 uh, verses 15 through 17, which explain the position of Christ as creator of all things and the sustainer of all things from eternity uh, before the existence of anything else. Uh, both spiritual and physical. Be sure to know how to explain the term firstborn uses a reference to his preeminence in placing, not actual birth. Use passages like John 1 verses 1 through 3, which asserts that the creation role of Christ while simultaneously emphasizing his shared divinity and deity with the Father. Both passages contradict claims made by the Church of Latter-day Saints, and are both passages that you should turn to very quickly in conversations. And be sure to know how to explain properly. Article 3 and other Mormon teachings uh, clearly reveal the necessity of works to be saved in their theology, another point that we need to be sure to highlight in our gospel conversations. Christ's death was needed to take the punishment for sin, but living according to the law, a phrase that they themselves use, is essential to have the righteousness and standing needed to enter into eternity with salvation. So to be saved from sin depends on individual effort to obey the teachings and ordinances of the gospel. I recommend asking a Mormon how their good works affect their salvation in eternal state. And from their answer uh, to that question, key reference passages like Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, Titus 3, 5 through 6, Romans 10, 9 through 10, and others make this point very clearly. We have to be capable in explaining these points strongly from God's word and how to defend salvation through grace alone, by faith alone, and apart from works. And so to conclude this podcast on Mormonism, I would like to humbly suggest a couple of helpful steps in your gospel conversations with Mormons. First, uh, I would like to emphasize that um, Joseph Smith is everything to Mormonism. 
they view scripture through the lens of what Joseph Smith has said that has been revealed to him and he has written. Be mindful that their preeminent authority is what Joseph Smith and subsequent apostles and prophets have confirmed, not scripture. They look through the lens of Joseph Smith. And so if it comes to choosing what Joseph Smith has said over what scripture, the Bible clearly says, they will side with Joseph Smith. And so it's helpful to know that going into your conversations. It's also important to define your terms that you speak and also ask them to define their terms. Uh, Mormons will use identical terminology on the surface and phrases, but they mean different things. Explain what you mean clearly and ask them to do the same. Also, do not focus or bring up sensitive subjects or topics that are irrelevant to salvation or the foundational doctrines in first meetings. Uh, There are a lot of peripheral subjects that we could bring up um, that can be sensitive, that can turn them off to going any further with us, such as polygamy, racism, temple practices, prophecies, etc. That will do more harm than good in furthering and developing a gospel conversation. So stay on point. Make sure that you keep the first things first, uh, the gospel, the nature of God, and other critical areas of doctrine. Uh, Don't be afraid to research. I highly encourage researching what Mormons believe, going to their website and seeing what they believe. I will say that in research for this podcast, a lot of what their website says is watered down. Um, It's very vague, very general, um, and tends to be very motivational in how Jesus can improve your life. And in order to get a better understanding of their doctrine, you kind of have to turn to apologetical books and do a little bit more in-depth research. Uh, But research is really important. Uh, read and look up what Mormon leaders have said on the core subjects discussed. Uh, Make it their word, that is the leaders of Mormonism, against the word of what the Bible has said. If you can show them physically in your Bible or on your phone something that their leaders have said, uh, which blatantly uh, opposes or contradicts something that you physically can show in your your Bible, use it. Uh, That's a powerful tool. And finally, uh, know that many Mormons place high value on their own spiritual experience. Uh, when discussing the gospel and discrepancies between Mormonism or, and Orthodox Christianity, know that they will often default to experience as validation for their beliefs. And know how to address, address this in your conversations. Um, they love to cite their own experience and convictions as concrete, objective evidence that something is true. And know how to address this biblically, uh, philosophically, with much wisdom and discernment, uh, because it keeps them from embracing the objective truth of Scripture. So I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to this episode of Touchpoints. I hope you'll use this content uh, to equip and improve your evangelism on behalf of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless. God bless.